Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this edition of Outcast Catholic. I am Father Shane Demon. And I'm Father Travis Crotty. And it's always good to be with our friends spread out everywhere. That's right. Coming to you from the Midwest, speaking to people in the Midwest, speaking to people, you know, in various other parts of the country and outside of the United States. Glad we can bond together in this uh, little session here, this episode, always seeking to grow in greater fidelity to the Lord, even working through some of the challenges of feeling outcast at times. Amen. Father Travis, it's been a busy weekend. It has. That we're just coming off of. It has, yes. I was baptizing kids in Spanish and celebrating Mass, but then, before that... The big Made for Greatness conference. The first annual Made for Greatness conference in the Diocese of Sioux City, hosted at All Saints Parish. It was. It was wonderful. It was nice. It was great. It was Made for Greatness. It was great. So, for our listeners who don't understand, um, it was supposed to start last year, but COVID kind of put a kibosh on that. We had, um, what was it, seven young adults working in the chancery as interns in the evangelization and youth ministry office in a new project called Project Timothy. Right. P-tiers, as I call them. P-tiers. They are the P-tiers. The Project Timothy Errs. The Project Timothy Errs. They were, as interns, um, really just studying what are, the, what are the effective ways of evangelization? How does one actually lead faith-sharing groups? How does one do Bible studies? What are some of the challenges actually in evangelization? How do we how do we kind of move people in adult ministries in a way that's going to be much more oriented towards their gifts? Yeah, what does it mean to discern charisms and right. gifts? Yeah. So th- it's it's been a beautiful internship that I think these young adults have gotten a lot of some seminarians, other adults, I think they got a lot out of it. And I think it's been a fruitful experience for them in the diocese and as this continues, you know, as the years roll on, we're just going to have a lot of trained people speaking a unified language of evangelization. Right. But we're also going to have people who are just going to be kind of a, a fresh pool for youth ministry, catechesis jobs, you know, possible religious vocations. You're not quite sure where all these paths will take these young adults. But they've done a beautiful job, and I think they've gained a lot. And as one of their projects, they organized this young adult conference called the Made for Greatness thing. And with only six weeks of planning— very little time advertising. They got 50 young adults to show up in rural Iowa yeah. on a Saturday, which I think was amazing. It really was. And what was fun, as we said in the last episode, we had just gotten back from the Steubenville Conference the weekend before. Right. Uh, and it's funny when you work with young adults because we do so much with high school ministry most of the time. Right. It's like, oh, imagine that. When adults are a little bit more mature, they can actually just hang out and yeah. they're fine right. they don't need as much supervision right. and all the stuff that goes into high school ministry and enter into a relationship authentically yeah and it really was so it was just great to see how hungry people were who were there um you gave a talk i gave a talk i kind of helped MC the day right um i wish you could have stayed for the evening um time of adoration and prayer and confessions because it was just really beautiful there was confessions available there were some prayer groups to pray with people and just to see you could just feel the openness that was present there. Beautiful. Um, and it really attracted a range. It, it was people from kind of committed um, disciples of Jesus and in, in focus, in mission work, to people who were, I think there were a few non-Catholics who were relatives of people. Wow. And some people who were kind of very much on the fringe of, of the church. What's this about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was really, 
It was really helpful. And it was fun. It was hosted at my parish, so. Which is a gorgeous place and great facilities to do that. Right. Well, shout out to all the Project Timothy interns. They did a great job this summer. And Fred and Kara from the diocese. Yeah, for organizing that and really pouring themselves into these into these interns and really wanting to form them and mold them as uh, future catechists, future mm-hmm. evangelizers themselves. And we hope that that conference just planted some seeds and continues to bear fruit in all the participants, you know, minds and hearts, which is beautiful. Speaking of mind and heart. Yeah. What do you got for us? Let's talk about my mind and heart, shall we? It's a dark and scary place. Oh, Brace yourself. <laughs> do we have any creepy music to start? No, I was just the, do like a the, creepy laugh. Like, <laughs> That's not quite the creepiness that we were going for. But anyways, nice try. It just keeps going. We've never done that. That that just keeps going forever. It's the endless sound clip. Anyway. I like that. Don't push that one. Going into Father Shane's scary mind and heart. One thing that's been on my mind and heart for a long time, and I've been praying more about it, and I just want to bring it to to our listeners. Um, if you look at some of the apparitions, the approved apparitions of the Blessed Mother, particularly like through the past 100, 150 years, there's a few common elements, a few common themes, right? Um, and one is the great you know, theme of conversion of sinners, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Blessed Mother showering the world uh, with her mantle of, of motherly protection, wanting to bring people to her son, espousing herself so so intimately to the Holy Spirit, She's only interested in the salvation of souls, right? She's interested in being having her son have as many friends as possible, right? Mm-hmm. Like what mother doesn't drop off their child to kindergarten and say, oh, I hope my child makes a friend today on the playground, right? Mm-hmm. Well, doesn't the Blessed Mother want that even more for like the entire world, mm-hmm. for all times and places? And one of the common themes that the Blessed Mother often speaks about is the conversion of sinners, and I've been thinking a lot about this, just really wanting to be an intercessor of prayer for the conversion of more hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, because now, in 13 years of priesthood, um, I look around at some of my brother priests, and we've got some really good preachers. We've got some holy men. We've got talented men who are, who are giving themselves generously. Um, and it's not, a, it's not a situation where you want to see results immediately. That would be nice, and we all kind of want that. Um, but after 13 years of priesthood, I, I've been able to see patterns in which really rich, beautiful seed has been sown, and spiritual attack, attack has stepped in, and those, those seeds have been choked off by thorns. Mm. Those thorns might have cho- grown up and choked off the seed of God's word, through the decisions, poor decisions of sinners themselves. Uh, but I, I, I do see at times patterns of, of the evil one stepping in and really um, allowing some people to go under spiritual attack. Yeah. Um, I look at some of our great preachers in the church these days, and I, I just have to think to myself, with some of the great preachers across the United States, even some of the great preachers here in our diocese, um, some of the great uh, evangelical witnesses, you know, uh, doing the Steubenville circuit or speaking at Seek, doing YouTube videos. There are people out there really, you know, sowing the seeds of the word authentically. And I have to believe that they are just as talented on a human level as some of the great preachers, right? Um, I have to believe that we have people in this world who, on a human level, are as talented of an orator as Augustine, St. Basil, 
uh, Gregory Danzianzen, mm. you know, Bernard of Clairvaux, right? right? You know, it's not like for the first thousand years we had all the talent in preaching and now we're just getting by with like humdrum people like tripping over themselves at, right. the, at the ambo, right? right? Right. I have to believe that there is a robust sense of human talent out there uh, and much more so than human talent, the Holy Spirit wants to step in and anoint the words of those out preaching the gospel mm-hmm. so that it bears and magnifies even greater fruit, right? And so acknowledging that and seeing at times the spiritual attack that people are coming under, uh, I just think this is an urgent plea for all of our listeners, for all the clergy, for all the religious, to continue to lift up the sinners of this world, ourselves included, Um and to really pray for the conversion of hearts and to pray uh, for the protection of souls against spiritual attack. I know this seems a bit like a heavy topic and it, it might even seem overly abstract. But if you, wa- if you want to know how to be a real outcast these days, <laughs> pray for the conversion of the world, right? Don't, don't complain about it. Don't sit here and say, well, the world's just going to hell in a handbasket. Uh, don't sit there and point fingers at everybody don't exalt yourself as if you've got it all figured out and you've mastered holiness. Um, to step into that intercessory role, which the saints and angels are always doing for us from heaven, to actually join them in that mission and to start to pray for, uh, for all of us and the conversion of hearts and the protection of the good that the church is already, is already undertaking. Uh, I just think it's, it's been a common theme on my heart, and I just offer it as an urgent plea for all of our listeners today. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I I have something to share, but I want to hear in a little bit how you think we can do that better. Um, so you can think about that while I talk. But All right, I'll in the meantime, chew. In the meantime, um, I've just become more aware, probably because of my own generation that, is, that has grown up, is there are some buzzwords like religion, sin, that, that immediately just kind of evoke kind of a, I don't know, like a repulsion. Ooh, yeah. Be, because they're Run. so misunderstood. Sure. Right? So, like we said a, a while ago in the podcast, um, uh, why I love Jesus but hate religion. It's just a mis- misunderstanding of what religion is, right? Right. But there's a big misunderstanding of what sin is. Like, it, it's kind of like a joke in popular culture, like sin thrown out there, you know, joking about, oh, yeah, Father, but he's got to go to confession, you know? And it's like, no, really, though, please come to confession because you probably haven't been for a long time. Right. But... <laughs> Young people especially, sins just seem like arbitrary rules that are broken. Right. It's like a list of arbitrary rules that the church has that when broken, you become a sinner. And it's like, oh, I'm just a sinner in the church's eyes. And it feels very judgmental and all of the baggage that's present with that. But to understand what, what, an, what Christian understanding of sin really is, I think it's just been helpful for me to explain it as like, love is selfless gift and sin is selfishness. Mm-hmm. And we, we all have a, an awareness of selfishness. And we're, we know we're not perfect. But we get caught up because we think the church just has a bunch of arbitrary rules. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the church is ordered toward charity, which is love of Christ and love of the world, then when we, when we take our capacity to make a gift of love and just turn that to a gift of self, selfishness, that's what sin is. Mm-hmm. And that, that's always an experience of turning in ourselves and not being open to the world and to what God is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that experience of conversion, um, of, of turning, uh, or metanoia in the Greek of to change, have your mind transformed, mm-hmm. is a transformation from that 
navel gazing of being turned in on yourself so kind of self-centered and focused even on your own woundedness whatever it might be but our true conversion of mind and heart is to look to christ Mm -hmm. Um, that's what we're talking about here it's not just some like we want people to follow the rules of the church more yeah, anyone who's always complaining that the rules of the Catholic Church are, or, or the the rule the uh, the precepts or the teachings of the Catholic Church are always just focused on rules, to me that speaks of a person who's just never actually had a, a real encounter with the living Lord. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you're if you're out there just constantly complaining like, oh, the stupid Catholic Church, all her rules, all her regulations. Well, do you actually <laughs> what know? What a buzzkill, man. <laughs> Do you actually know what it's like to be in intimacy with the living God? Do you, you know, perhaps have you even experienced intimacy, you know, and, and, with a person. and friendship with real people, right? let alone with the living Lord? Um, and w- once you enter into that and you, you allow yourself to kind of be vulnerable with God himself and to receive from God his grace and his love mm. from heaven, well, all of a sudden sin be- takes on a whole new dimension, Sin takes a dimension on that becomes very personal, and you see relationships are being wounded here. Your relationship... Out of choices. Out of choice, out of your choices, a relationship that is the most important relationship ultimately. Mm. And you step far beyond rules. You know, um, no married couple wants to go celebrate Valentine's Day like, oh, well, my spouse just got me this gift because they had to follow the rule and get me a gift. Right. No one wants an obligatory rule follower, right? But how lovely... You know, out of over, overwhelming sense of love, this gift, this act of service, these kind words, this gesture was given out of love and not because, well, you have to follow the rules on St. Valentine's Day, right? Right, because it's a relationship with a real person. Right. Yeah, that's so helpful. Exactly. So when we're talking about uh, the conversion of sinners, we are not up on pedestals looking down at everybody who are breaking the rules. Yes. What we're actually doing is saying, from my position of intimacy and relationship with the living Lord, that is back and forth and is a struggle and a yeah, growth process. It's, it's right. a, it's a, we're all works in progress. But from the, from the security that that relationship provides, one can look around and gain the wisdom that sees others not in that living relationship right. and want to crave that, want to hope for that, want to pray for that for others to say, draw them closer to yourself, Lord. Father, draw them to yourself in the power of the Spirit through the Son. Um, and from there, you know, in, in, inspire them once again with the light of your truth, the light of your grace, to turn away from that which I can see is harming them in their repeated habits of sin, uh, and prepare themselves for the day when they will meet your Son, the Judge, face-to-face in glory. Right. Um, that's a heartfelt uh, expression of wanting to be in relationship even with just our brothers and sisters of the human race. Right. Well, you before know? before you offer like a, a practical how-to with this, the question often comes up with intercessory prayer of, well, if I can't change God's mind, then what's this all about? But I love that you, you preface this all with intimacy with Jesus because that's actually what inter- intercessory prayer is about. It's actually diving deeper into uh, intentionality of relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. because he delights to see the desires of our hearts. So as we open our own hearts and offer the the world, the individuals of the world, the people in our lives who we can see not in that place of intimacy with the Lord, the Lord delights in seeing that desire in us and delights in 
bringing that to fulfillment in some way. Mm-hmm. So we're not, yeah, we don't like force God's hand. We don't change his mind as if he isn't desiring to bring the world to um, transformation. Mm-hmm. But he in, invites us, as we'll hopefully talk about in an episode soon, to be his instruments of that transformation and to let us into his inner life and in his heart to f- start to satisfy those desires of our hearts because he loves us in right. relationship. Exactly. So you asked how to do this practically. Yeah. Well, this isn't, I, I don't mean this in a flippant way and I don't mean this in a cliche way. I mean this in a very powerful way. Our lady has already revealed in multiple apparitions that the rosary is one of the greatest spiritual weapons we have on earth when it's prayed with contemplation and not just kind of, I got to get through these prayers, but when it's actually prayed in contemplation, praying either on the mysteries that each decade stands for, praying on the words themselves, praying on greater relationality with heaven, uh, that provides quite a spiritual force, mm. kind of a force field, if you will, that the evil one doesn't like. Uh, and it, it, it really helps you step into heavenly things. It, it helps you call upon the protection of Our Lady it helps you seek the will of the Father and to live like Jesus as you med- meditate on the mysteries of his life. But the other thing is, you know, there's a reason why Jesus gave St. Faustina the Divine Mercy Chaplet in the 1930s in Poland. Uh, and, the, and we are approaching more and more every single day that era in which the entire world will be falling on its knees praying for the conversion of sinners and the salvation of souls. Um, as a persecution can continue to, to build upon the church, as more and more people might feel a little distant or separated from a living, zealous practice of Christianity. Mm. Uh, there's a reason why we were given the Divine Mercy Chaplet, and it, it really needs to be prayed for lukewarm Catholics or for lukewarm Christians, those who have fallen away, those who attack the church, um, those in, in religious orders or in, in the clergy who are not remaining faithful. There's a reason why Jesus gave us that prayer as a spiritual tool, and it really needs to be exercised. Yeah. My invitation, along with those devotions, which are so helpful, like you just mentioned, um, that I need to grow in as well in my use of those, is to allow the use of the rosary and the Divine Mercy Chaplet or the Jesus Prayer, whatever it might be that you're kind of like utilizing to allow your heart to be open to offer Jesus those intentions on your heart, allow that to actually find some place in liturgical celebration too in at Mass. I find this very often that we, we just don't really know what to do during the Eucharistic prayer. We're just kind of bored if we're just kneeling there, perhaps, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people do find intimacy with Jesus in that moment. But the whole point of the anaphora, of the offering of the Eucharistic prayer, is offering all of our prayers that we've brought to the altar at the foot of the cross um, with Jesus' presence on the altar to the Father. Like that's the, 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 the most perfect intercessory prayer that's possible so to have those moments throughout the week and throughout the day where the rosary, the divine mercy chaplet, time spent in silence with the Lord is allowing those things to come up on the heart and allowing God to work through those through the intercession of Mary and the saints. But to then actually bring those things to mass, whether that's a daily mass or on Sunday mass, to actually have that intention on your heart that that's what you're praying for mm-hmm. at mass, rather than just kind of sitting back and hoping to be kind of entertained at mass, relaxing that we have a baptismal priesthood that we can exercise mm-hmm. and offer on the altar with the priest. Um, I was just reading some of the Vatican Council documents, and it said that you're offering not just through the hands of the priest, but through the body of Christ present there, um, the immaculate victim on the cross. Right. So, that's, that's, this is empowering to realize that the, mm-hmm. 
the, the Mass, the Divine Mercy Chapel at the Rosary, are these incredible tools the Lord has given us to be a part of that uh, conversion of the world. That's beautiful. So we've talked on this podcast before about building up community, and I think we need to recognize the community that's also necessary in spiritual union with sinners, uh, to be united with all sinners, ourselves included, and to lift one another up and intercede for one another. But also, if you're really looking to be a minority, <laughs> if you want to be a minority, pray for the conversion of sinners. Uh, pray for those who are, are very, very far from God's salvation and whose eternal salvation might be in jeopardy. It's not a judgment, um, but it's an acknowledgement that Jesus speaks frequently of those who will not be saved, those mm-hmm. who will be liable to the fires of Gehenna. And we need to be spiritually united to them, knowing that uh, we ourselves, but by the hand of, but by the grace of God, there go us, yeah. and we can fall at any moment. Uh, so we need to be lifting one another up and interceding for one another, especially as the pressures on the church and the pressures upon the world come under greater spiritual attack. So it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a heavier topic today, but hopefully it, it does unite us in a deeper sense of community beyond just our own parish boundaries really for the community that unites heaven and earth and the community that unites us around the world. Yeah, and praise God there's hope. Jesus rose from the dead so that mm-hmm. we can hope for this transformation of sinners in the world. So, Absolutely. Father Travis, good to be with you. Thanks so much. Likewise. See you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.